Hi, this is Pastor JC. I want to thank you for listening to today's podcast here at Faith Outreach Church. We want to invite you anytime you're in the area to come by and visit us at 3001 Wallace Avenue here in Terre Haute, Indiana. Sit back and enjoy today's message. Becky and Pastor Marty and Pastor JC, that the message has already been preached today, you know, because uh, I was just so blessed with what I heard. Moving forward, not looking back. Praise God. You you can't look back and and reach your destination. You know, I wish I had something real profound, but while we were doing praise and worship, it just rose up in me that, uh, you know, uh, you weren't called here the pastor uh, by accident or by human will or human plan. And like you said, we're kind of looking through that dark glass right now, but uh, you're here for a purpose. And this church is here for a purpose. It just, you know, was rising up in me as we were uh, doing praise and worship. And I was, I was listening to each person speak that um, this is a praying church. It's always been a praying church. And I don't mean just a little, you know, Father, you know, bless me and all that. It's, it's been a church that's looked out on the harvest field and has been praying. And, you know, uh, in man's eyes, in God's eyes, this is big. In man's eyes, it might not be. But in God's eyes, this is big because prayers are so important to God's plan. Uh, it always has been. But in these last days, I was just reading again recently about uh, one of the uh, early revivals in this nation. There were... Uh, three or four what they call Great Awakenings. And um, the second one was led by a man by the name of Charles Finney. Some of you may have heard of it, read after him. But his revivals were uh, preceded each time he went somewhere. They were preceded by a man by the name of, his name was Daniel Nash, but they knew him as Father Nash. And he would go in two, three, four days ahead of time, just get a small, as I read it, it actually said this, a small, dark room. And he would find two or three like-minded people. And he would just pray and pray before Finney came. And Finney had great revivals. That's why it was noted as a great awakening in America. If it was just been a series of meetings, we would have never heard about it. But it made an impact on people getting saved. It made an impact on government. made an impact on the finances of this nation. And so this is a praying church. And so whatever the devil has tried to do to squash this, didn't work. Didn't work. I could tell by what I heard this morning. It didn't work. And so anytime there's an opportunity, uh, as Becky was mentioning, prayer meetings that you do, if you can be here, be here for that. You know, the Bible is true when it says one will put a thousand to flight and two, ten thousand. And you know, there's just demonic activity everywhere. And I believe that uh, Satan would like nothing better than to, to squelch uh, praying churches like this, spirit-filled churches like this. But I already know it's not going to happen. You know, I heard it out of your mouths. I don't even have to prophesy that. But prayer is so important. And just like Father Nash went before Finney and prayed for, for revival, you know, that's just what I keep hearing from different churches and pastors, that they're praying for revival right now. You know, Karen and I were born again in a revival in 1971, when, uh, call it what you want, charismatic renewal, Jesus people, you know, when I look at some old pictures about that time, I honestly said, Karen, I don't remember my hair being that long. (laughs) But we were just hungry for the things of God. I 
I don't know if this is a, a preamble or a pre-ramble. I'm just sharing out of my heart right now that, that this church has a purpose. And, and you must be prayers. And, and I, I like that Pastor Marty was talking about giving into the building fund because, you know, you're building and you're growing for not just yourself, but for future generations. You know, one of the uh, marks of maturity, like uh, Paul said, I wanted to speak to you as mature, but I got to speak to you as those still needing milk. Well, I'm speaking to the mature today because one sign of maturity is you stop looking so much after what can I get, what do I need, but you look out on the harvest field and say, what does the world need? They need Jesus. And it's, it's these treasures that he put in these earthen vessels that's going to make a difference in the world. Praise God. Well, if that's all I got, then that's good enough. But I know you only said I had an hour and a half, was it? No. So we'll just see where we go today. Um, praise God. You know, yesterday, uh, as I prepared over the last week or 10 days to, to pay proper tribute to a, a dear friend of Karen and, and mine, uh, as we got closer yesterday, I thought, you know, there's some things that I can just share with the church family that should just go with the church family. And so I shared uh, other things yesterday. And I just want to share a few things, and, and hopefully I'll have time to go into uh, something else the Lord put on my heart. But let's go ahead and pray. Father, I thank you, Lord. Your spirit is so evident in here this morning. I thank you that, uh, as Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. The spirit of the Lord is upon Faith Outreach Family Church, because you've anointed us to preach the gospel to the poor. You've, you've anointed us to set at liberty the captive, Lord. We thank you that you've, you've called us to, to bind up the brokenhearted and the wounded. So I thank you, Lord, as this word goes forth today, that it settles into the hearts and minds of the hearers, Lord, and that we would take your mandate and keep moving forward. And Lord, we do it by the power of the word and the spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So I just want to do a little family stuff, since this is my family. In uh, Philippians 1, this is from the Living Bible, Paul wrote, For to me, living means opportunities for Christ. And dying? Well, that's better yet. Sometimes I want to live, and at other times I don't. For I long to go and be with Christ. How much happier for me than being here. Now, I just want to share a few things about death this morning. Let's be honest about it. You know, number one, death isn't fun, is it? Death is not fun. Some people think because we're Christians that it has no sorrow, but First Thessalonians says it does have sorrow. You know, God was so gracious to kind of hold us all together yesterday. You know, there'll come a time where we can just get in our own private prayer closets with God and just let it down. But the grace of God is upon us right now. and We do sorrow, but we don't sorrow as those having no hope. You know, 1 Corinthians 15 says, for he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. And the last enemy that we will be destroyed is death. So the Bible calls death, especially premature death, an enemy. We're just dealing with things today. It's an enemy. It's not fun to face. In fact, it's hard but it's the last enemy that will be totally dealt with. And you know, you've heard this a thousand times if you've been in circles like this, that if you look in the book of Revelation, you know, we won, we've won right now, but 
we see the end of our victory when Satan and his angels are cast in the lake of fire and we're rejoicing around the throne of God. But it still kind of bounces off of us a little bit. How could Paul write that to live is Christ but to die is gain? It's because on this side of heaven, God is with us and we know that. But when we make that transition, we're with God. It's gain. We're there with him throughout eternity around his throne. And we call death an enemy because it seems permanent to us, because we're living in time. We're living in a finite era. And we can't really with our mind comprehend infinity yet. I, I can't. I just can't. You know, it's just impossible to, to understand it. So life is difficult and challenging during what we're going to call a transition time like this. The second thing I wanted to share with the church family is that we do grieve, but grief is the price of love. You love some, some of you, let's say, who have, uh, on, a, on a different level, you've had pets for years. Oh, come on, it hurts when they go or you have to, you know, you just know to do the right thing is have them put to sleep. It's grief, but it's the price of love. David wrote in Psalm 23, 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you're with me, your rod and your staff comfort me. Times like these, you mourn like maybe you've never done before and feelings come because you love and you're connected to people. Now, I, I'll just be honest, I was thinking about this, didn't know if I'd share it, but a few years ago when uh, Karen's twin sister's husband, Mike, passed away, and we were very close from our 20s on, on through life. We did a, did a lot of things together. And there was a memorial thing on... on um, on the internet, and it was kind of a slideshow about his life, and, and I'm looking at him the way I remembered him, you know, years ago, and, and all the different things we did with basketball and, and boating and different things, and I tell you, it took me a few days. It took me a few days to get over it. And it may take us, as a church family, a few days, a few weeks, a few months to, not when I say get over it, I mean to be able to the thought come and you go, okay, I miss that person, but you know, I know they're much better off and I'm going to go to be with them sometime. So my thought again is grief is the price of love. You know, Jesus at the tomb of Lazarus, he wept, he wept. So the question is, how can I avoid the grief and pain? Here's the simple answer. Never love anyone. Never care for anyone. Never get close to anyone. Just get in your little room and, and don't touch anyone and the world won't touch you. You know, I'm being facetious, right? So at a moment like this, it's difficult uh, not to grieve, but it's not worth giving up the precious moments and the precious memories you've had with that person. And anytime there's a holiday like coming up or special dates on the calendar that come up, You'll remember that person with, with a, a pain in your heart, but then also knowing that we're just a few steps or even a breath away from being in eternity with them again. Pastor JC touched on something. One thing that's difficult is the questions that might never get answered. No one has more questions than him, but we all have questions. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, 
But those things which are revealed belong unto, belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. 1 Corinthians 13 says, right now we know in part and we see in part. Now, I really believe if anyone's going to get any specific answers about what we're talking about here, it'll be Pastor J.C. We may know some things in part, and like he said, he is going to know one day. <laughs> the answers are going to come. But the whys, the whys might never get answered. But we're comforted by the where. The where. Where our dear Jesse is right now. So my advice is don't let the questions become bigger than your faith in Jesus. In the midst of the questions, our response can be just like the man who came to Jesus and Jesus said, do you believe? And we say, Lord, I do believe, but help my unbelief. In other words, I haven't given up my faith and trust in you, but those things I don't understand, just help me, help me through this. The last thing along this line I want to share is that going to heaven is not a failure. Oh my gosh, I keep, hate to keep saying this, but we dearly miss Pastor Jesse. But when I think about the promotion, you know, in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 4, Paul talked about getting caught up into the third heaven. And he said there were things, just to paraphrase, there are things that I don't even have words to describe how, how good it is, how beautiful it is. I, I'm, I'm doing the amplified version of Paul, kind of my own amplified. How peaceful, how glorious. What a, what a wonderful homecoming it is with those who have friends and family who have gone before. He didn't have words to describe what heaven's like. And Jesus said this to us in John 14. And you all know this one. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So I want you to take comfort in that, knowing that the place that was prepared for Pastor Jesse, he's occupying that right now. Your faith has to be bigger than this life. Your faith can't just be, well, you know, I believe the Lord up until the time. I, your, your faith has to be throughout your life. If not, then you lose hope in this life. Paul said, if in this life only we have hope, we are of all people most miserable. So my point in all this is, we are going to grieve. And there will be things and memories that come up that cause that little pain in our, our heart. But we're going to replace that with you know what? I know that she's in that place that Paul talked about that we don't even have words to describe how beautiful it is. I remember back in the 90s, Stephen Curtis Chapman had a song that says, there's more to this life than living and dying. More to this life. And I want you to know that while we're here to carry on the work, that it's not just going to be a drudgery. It's going to be with a vibrance. It's going to be with an excitement. You know, it's going to be, well talks about in Psalm that we may go forth sowing as we're weeping, but we will come back rejoicing, bringing in the harvest. And so you may be laboring to, to reach the lost, but every now and then you'll have that pain and that tear. But as you sow yourself into the harvest field, 
you're going to see a mighty harvest come into this barn. Thank God for all the barns, but thank God um, that you're going to be drawing them into this barn, into this place. So if there's no more hope, God makes it clear that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Now, as difficult as this is to, for us to comprehend this morning, death is hard for us, but it's not hard for the one who's already gone ahead of us. It's a time of rejoicing. Even the Lord says in Psalm 116, verse 15, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. You know, one translation says, because he has lost a voice here in the earth. But I tell you what, I believe that many of you, maybe you've just sat in the background. Maybe if you're, I don't know if we're online, if you're watching online, maybe you've been sitting in the background. It's time for you to step up. Pastor JC, the leadership of the church needs you to step up. There's a place for each and every one of you to fill in, in bringing in the harvest. You may be Father Nash, who most people have never heard of, but you're praying and you're laboring in the background. And what you do when you stand before the Lord is going to be counted just as important as what Pastor J.C. and Jesse have done. Amen? That's how the Lord sees it. You know, just to... I didn't even... What time do we stop, Pastor? I got... I want to get into a couple of more things here. We got time? Praise God. Pardon me. Ecclesiastes 3.11. I guess I said all that to say the importance of you keep moving forward in what God has called you to do. It says that he, God, has planted eternity in the human heart. The world, the world that we are mad at some of them right now, the world that goes on sinning and doing things so anti-God. These are the people we're trying to reach. This is the precious harvest of the earth. And there's frustration in many of them because they're trying to find meaning in life and they're trying to find it through, through politics and, and uh, you know, other distractions like that. But what they're really looking for is Jesus because Ecclesiastes said eternity is in the heart of everyone. Even people who proclaim to be atheists they're searching. They're searching for something, and we know who that something is. We know who that someone is. So I just want to kind of give us a charge this morning, uh, I believe, from, from the Spirit of God. You know, every generation has a call. You know, I'm not responsible for thousands of years ago. I didn't live then. But I am responsible in this generation. You're responsible in this generation. You know, I had a long list, but I, I cut it down. You know, the first generation... They preached the gospel after, after Jesus. They preached the gospel. The next generation after them, people that they had, had taught. Um, you know, I could mention some names, but it just sounded like I was trying to win a Jeopardy contest. But there are a lot of, a lot of people who sat under uh, Peter and, and John and the other apostles. And uh, they spread the gospel. And after that, there were, when uh, Rome came against the gospel and were burning scriptures and well, burning Christians, to be honest with you, there were those who would preserve the gospel. That was their call. You know, we can move forward. We won't have to talk about Martin Luther who, who brought the truth of the gospel to life that the just shall live by faith. In, in more recent memory, in the 40s and the 50s, there was the great healing revival. Not that God ever stopped healing, but God highlighted again, hey, Jesus is the healer. 
brought that back to the forefront. I talked a little bit about the charismatic revival in the 70s, 80s, 90s. Well, still moving on today, the word of faith movement that brought back to prominence that we are priests of our own life and that we can take the word of God and that we can proclaim God's blessings and God's responsibilities over our life and walk those out. And so where are we at right now? I believe this generation, we're called to prepare for the return of Jesus. And the devil would like nothing more than to take the heart out of ministers and to take the heart out of congregations so that they just basically want to say, what's the use? Well, I'll tell you what, we're not the first ones throughout history to have, uh, in the church, to have suffered loss. And yet, those who went before us kept moving forward. There are going to be a lot of things that come along to discourage us as Christians. I mean, I'm not, I'm not even taking sides Republican, Democrat, but over the last 20 or 30 years, uh, especially more recent years, it seems like every election, the, the country becomes more divided. We believe that whoever we put in office is going to be our savior. You know, I think about in the book of Joshua, where Joshua was preparing to go to battle, and a man stood in the road with a sword, and Joshua said, are you for us or are you for them? And he said, neither. I'm, I'm the head of the Lord's army. I've come to, I'm paraphrasing, I've come to do his bidding. And so we need to be careful that it's not we're on the left, we're on the right. I mean, there are things we need to believe in and stances we need to take, but we're, we're doing it because we're on his side. Amen? So don't get discouraged. You know, something I, I jotted down, I, I heard this years ago, and it's not original with me, but I really like it, that over on the island nation of Singapore, apparently there's a cable car that runs from Singapore to a small island. You know, you have to go over a stretch of sea to get there. And I said, you know, if, if you get on and the cable just goes down to the ground, you don't get anywhere. And they compared this to um, the first and second coming of Jesus. A lot of us get on the cable car on one end and we go, we're saved. You know, we're just going to we're just going to be saved and wait for Jesus to come back. But that person said, the other side of the cable is hooked to the second great event, which is the second coming of Jesus. And if we're not connected to that, then we're saved, but we're kind of useless on this end because we're not doing anything. But if we're connected to this in our heart and our mind all the time, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. We stay prepared. We stay ready. We keep moving toward the goal, which is not just to see him come back, but to take as many with us as we can when he comes back. So God's purpose for each of us will be lost if we are not willing to reach the destiny that God has planned for each and every one of us. I want you to keep your hands to the plow here, but keep your focus on Jesus is coming back. I don't care when it is. I just thought of when Karen worked at the Christian bookstore here uh, in the 1980s in Terre Haute. And one year a book came out, sold a lot, I think. 87 Reasons Jesus is Coming Back in 1987. And this is true. Do you know what came out the next year? 88 Reasons Why Jesus is Coming Back in 88. I think he finally realized after that he's not going to sell any more books. So we, we don't look at, you know, books and prophecies like that, but, but we see the signs of the times. Amen.
I'm just kind of rambling again here, but I recall that uh, studying one time that Israel is the only nation, the only people group who have been separated. You know they were dispersed throughout the, the earth. The only people group who have come back together after being dispersed for more than 500 years. They came back together in 1948 as a nation. If that's not a sign of the coming of Jesus. Amen. I'll tell you what, there's so much going on that we need to keep our eyes on. Praise God. What do I want to do here, Lord? Thank you, Father. I'm just uh, feeling my way through this today. I hope you're getting something out of this. Praise God. Okay, I was talking about every Christian having an important part to play. You may think, well, I'm not called to the pulpit. You may be. I always said that too. You may be. But the point is, even if you're not, everything you do is important. I talked about when Karen and I got saved in 1971. And I, I know for some of you we've shared this before. But I'm talking about how important what each one of you uh, does is. Whether you're ushering, whether you're in the sound booth, whether you're uh, in the nursery, working with children, whatever it may be. Helping clean up the grounds, whatever it may be. It's an important part of God's plan for this church and for the last days. That night that Karen and I got saved, uh, the church in Muncie where... Uh, my family attended. Uh, we had people calling us every week. We had a Sunday night service. And they, you guys need to come to church tonight. People in, kind of in our age group. Ah, like, oh, that's nice, you know. So finally, one night, Chris, our son, was two months old at that time. And uh, I said, Karen, let's go tonight. We'll sit in the back. We'll fulfill our duty. They won't bug us anymore. We said, you know, if Chris starts crying... Sorry, folks. But as soon as we walked in that back door, it wasn't set up a whole lot differently than this. There was a lady who met us. She said, uh, I'm over the nursery. I want to uh, take your sons. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's our ticket. <laughs> this is our ticket out the back door. That's what I was thinking. But we actually said, oh, no, thank you. We can take care of them. She said, I've raised six children. I'll do fine with yours. So reluctantly, we gave uh, Chris over to the nursery worker. And uh, that night, I, I don't know what the message was. I only know what it did to our hearts. We had the old wooden altar, and when the altar call was given, we came forward and gave our hearts to the Lord in October of 1971. And, you know, we think of that uh, lady quite often, that she was just in her place, doing her job. And, you know, I don't say this with false humility. We don't think we're anyone special in the body of Christ. I think she is, but I don't think, you know, but we've been allowed to minister to people like you. We've been, as Pastor JC has been, allowed to minister in nations uh, over in Europe, and uh, we went together to Guatemala a couple of years ago, and we've been able to touch people's lives with the gospel. And it all started with this lady who said, I'll take care of your baby. They were there to serve. No one will ever know her name, maybe on this side of heaven, but in heaven, she's one of those I talked about yesterday in the Hall of Fame of Faith, that she has fulfilled her duty, and she may not be known here, but she's certainly known up there. And so don't look at what God has called you to do in this local church as something small, something insignificant. Everybody in here has a part to play. Amen? You're all, all important. Praise God. 
I don't know how much time I have, Pastor. I don't know. What time do you usually stop? 11.30? I need the... I, I, I owe you a few minutes then, because I've got to find a jumping off point here, because I've just been trying to flow out of my heart this morning. And Thank you, Lord. Will you allow me just a minute here? Praise God. Thank you, Father. just want to do what's important. Amen. I want to share this verse, because times like this, it kind of fits. In Daniel 7.25, talking about, I think the Antichrist, but he's backed by the devil, so we'll call it the devil. He shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. That's what the devil is just trying to do with each of you in here today. With one thing after another. You know, starting the year with, with uh, COVID-19. All the effects of, of the... Um, on the economy, all the effects of, uh, and I don't have the facts and figures, but I know Pastor JC's probably read them, people being confined to their homes and all of the, the spike in domestic violence and in mental oppression and things like that, you know, and then you throw things like our recent loss on top of that, and the devil is just trying to wear us out. That's why it's so important. Number one, be filled with the Spirit. Number two, daily pray in the Spirit. Jude verse 20 says that we build ourselves up on our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. If you're not filled with the Spirit, we've got people in here who can pray with you who know how to do that. I'll tell you what, Karen will always say that's made the biggest difference in our lives. Number one, Jesus, but secondly, being filled with the Spirit and praying daily in the Spirit. Praise God. So I'll just close with this. I know it's time to go. Simple things. I bet in some form or fashion, Pastor J.C. shares something like this every week. Maybe not in a list like this, but you'll know what I mean here. In the day that we're living in, get to know God's word for yourself. You know, it's one thing to sit under Pastor J.C. and go, that's good. Man, he knows a lot. You know how he got to know a lot? Opening that Bible. Even if it's on your phone now, opening that Bible. Asking the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom and revelation. Get into the word for yourself. Psalm 119.11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The second thing, be careful what you regularly think on. What you think on, you begin to speak. What you begin to speak begins to manifest in your life. Think on things above. Think on things that are are you know, pure and, and holy, you know, and right. Think on those things. You know, don't let your mind wander into places they shouldn't go. This is the easy one. Make sure you find your pastor. Make sure you sit under your pastor. Make sure next to your own personal Bible study and prayer time that you're fed mostly by your pastor. You know, there's not a lot of people I listen to but the ones I do, I make sure that they feed me, but I consider them to be vitamins. You know, I consider my pastor to be the meal I get and the rest to uh, be vitamins. So never come into a service going, well, I wonder if he agrees with so-and-so on TV or whatever. No, you need to wonder if so-and-so agrees with your pastor. Amen. Because your pastor has the care, the care of your soul. Praise God. Man, I can do another sermon here, but I throw out a little nugget I found one time. 
about when, um, oh, I love saying this name, Mephibosheth was running from David because uh, he thought that David wanted to kill him because he was of, uh, I think, Jonathan's household. And so he was hiding in a place called Lodibar. That just rolls off your tongue, Lodibar. <laughs> Sounds like one of these protein bars you eat. But here's what I want to get to. I'm always curious about words, so I looked it up, and the word lo means without, and debar refers to a pasture or a pastor. And you know what's the problem with most Christians who don't hook into a church? They're in Lodibar. They're without a pastor. That's all free and extra today. Amen. Besides your pastor, find spiritual mentors. You heard a couple of them speak up here today. I mean, don't just eat up their time, but when you got questions, maybe, you know, you don't want to bother pastor right now. He, he has people he trusts here. Talk to them. Buy them coffee. Buy them lunch. Let them speak to you. And let them speak into your spirit. And finally, spend time in prayer so that you can learn the voice of the spirit inside of you. You know, probably 75 or 80% of what I shared today just... The Holy Spirit just, you know, rose up in my heart. And Karen knows, I was, I just want to say the right things on Sunday morning. You know, I just want to take up space. So most of it was just what the Holy Spirit gave me. And it came from things that Pastor JC and Becky and Pastor Marty were sharing. It just was so big in me, the call on this church. Amen. The call on this church. Set yourself to be prayers. And then set yourself to be doers. <laughs> Amen. So I want to encourage you, as time goes on and you see God starting to fulfill his will and plan here, don't sit back and go, oh, looks like, looks like we've made it. No, Jesus said, occupy till I come. In the Gospel of Luke, occupy means like, like an army who has won and they are going about the business of an army who has won. You've already won. You're in the army of Jesus Christ. Go about your business, not like you're trying to... Uh, you know, you're trying to withhold the devil. No, he's trying to withhold you. Amen. So go as the salt and the light into this community here. Be who you are. Be followers of Christ. Be carriers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I don't know whether pray now, Pastor, or hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's just bow our heads for a moment. Some of you... Many of you I know, some are new to me. I believe you're probably all part of this church, but I feel compelled just to say, if you haven't received Jesus as Lord and Savior, or you find yourself in that spot of you're saved, but you have just been sitting back, and maybe something that one of us has said this morning has, has inspired you to say, you know, it's time for me to, to get fired up again and to step forward. You know, if that's you on either count, just slip up your hand this morning and say, pray for me, Pastor. Either need Jesus as Lord and Savior, or I just need to get fired up and step forward again. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So, Father, I thank you for this church that you called into existence. I thank you for this pastor who you've called to be the leader at such a time as this, Lord. I thank you that not just this church, but this pastor will find all of his needs met according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That you will not only fulfill any financial need, but 
and any spiritual need, but Lord, every emotional need. Every emotional need. I thank you that this is a group of people who will rally behind their pastor and their leader. And they'll be like Isaiah in the sixth chapter of Isaiah and say, Lord, here am I, send me, use me. Lord, I thank you that the Holy Ghost fire is on and in this place. And this church is indispensable in this community because they pray, but they pray with a fervency, Lord. They pray with the fire of the Holy Spirit. And no weapon that is formed against them will succeed. And every tongue that rises in judgment, they shall condemn, according to Isaiah 54, 17. So as I close today, I thank you, Lord. You said, my peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives, but my peace. I thank you, Lord, for what you've spoken will come to pass for Faith Outreach Family Church. In Jesus' name, amen.